Hey everyone, this is Kelsey Jo Hillis, photographer, entrepreneur, wife, mom, and recovering people pleaser. This is my podcast, Picturing Purpose, where I have transparent and meaningful conversations with people from all different walks of life. My hope with this podcast is that you find encouragement, lean on faith, and trust God's purpose for your life. So with that in mind, let's jump into this week's episode of Picturing Purpose. Hello, Purpose Pleasers. You may be surprised to hear from me today since we had planned on starting our two-week break this week, but we had a slight change in plans. If you follow us on social media or in our Facebook group, you know that I had a stir in my spirit to get this episode out before Christmas. My friend Joe and I had a discussion on mental health last week, and I had a feeling that this one couldn't wait until after Christmas, so here we are. Maybe someone really needs to hear this, and maybe not. Either way, I'm going to listen to the Holy Spirit and get this out today. So starting next week will be our two-week break. We will be back on January 5th with a fun recap episode discussing all of the episodes and answering questions from viewers. It's going to be so much fun. Before I play this week's episode, I want to introduce Joe. Joe is a friend of ours from church and is a fellow 12th grade leader alongside my husband and I. He has been with our church for a while now and has recently been preaching at some of our youth services. If you know Joe, you know that he is a gentle spirit and just a comforting person to be around. He is not afraid to share the love of Jesus and how he has changed his life. One thing I love about Joe is his willingness to share the ugly and hard times. Even though he's a godly man that loves the Lord, he still battles depression and even thoughts of suicide. If this is something you struggle with personally, please know that we will be discussing some tough things in this interview, but it's definitely one that you will be thankful you listen to. Like I say often, if you need a break from the episode, that is totally fine and normal. Give yourself 15 minutes at a time and take as many breaks as you need. If you have a loved one that experiences suicidal thoughts and depression, I encourage you to listen to this episode with an open heart and open mind. We all have our strengths and our weaknesses. Everyone is different. This interview honestly made me more compassionate and empathetic towards mental health. I've never had suicidal thoughts and I couldn't imagine putting myself in this place, but I do have people close to me that have, and it's very painful to watch because we know how extremely valuable this person is. We all just need people to encourage and lift us up. This is why faith is so important to me. Jesus is the epitome of how we need to treat everyone. If you have struggled with depression, I highly recommend speaking to your doctor and or looking into professional counseling. Here are a few local counseling offices I recommend. Fresh Roots Counseling, Relationship Solutions, Center for Professional Psychology, and Anchored Hope Counseling. If you ever struggle with suicidal thoughts, please know there is help out there. People that are willing to listen without judgment. There are suicide hotlines like the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. That phone number is 800-273-8255. You can also text 741741 and a crisis worker will text you back immediately and continue to text with you. It is completely free. I want to leave you all with this scripture from Matthew eleven twenty-eight: Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Feelings of depression can be a heavy burden, and many people make the mistake of thinking it's a burden they must carry alone. This verse serves as a reminder that Jesus is there to lift your burdens and provide relief. We also have each other and are not meant to isolate or not ask for help. 
Tell a friend, pastor, or a professional counselor and relieve that burden. From personal experience, sometimes all it takes is to open up to one trusted person and I feel so much better. As always, thanks for listening to Picturing Purpose. This month, we are donating 100% of our proceeds to people in need. We are partnering with Fostering Change, Hope Campus, and many others. You can donate by going to kelseyjoephotography.com slash picturingpurposepodcast. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, Purpose Pleasers. Welcome to Picturing Purpose. My name is Kelsey Joe, and I have an awesome friend with me today. His name is Joe Suggs, and he is a leader with my husband and I for seniors at Harvest Time. And we just love Joe. He's awesome. He's a quiet little guy until he gets on stage and preaches a sermon. (laughs) And then he's just, yes. Joe, you want to say hi? Hello. Good morning. Or I guess it's morning now. (laughs) Hello for whenever you're listening. If you're driving, hey, uh, yeah, hope, yeah, uh, contain your road rage. Um, so I wanted Joe on this podcast episode specifically because Joe is very open about his mental health, about his struggle with depression, and just his past of basically lots and lots of mental struggles, like a lot of us have. Right. But it's nice to have someone to be just blatantly honest with them about that because growing up, mental health wasn't really a thing you talked about openly. Not at all. Yeah. Um, You know, I had incredible youth leaders when I did go to church when I was younger, but that was still a thing that, like, they didn't know if they could talk about. It was taboo. Like, even if they were struggling, they didn't really want to tell us because... They didn't want to look in a different way because it was almost like I have to look superior to you and I have to look put together so that you can be put together later on in life when really we grow up and we're like, please, why didn't you just be honest with us? We just needed to hear that. Um, But yeah, this whole episode is going to be about mental health, uh, depression, suicide, basically all the things that have recently been more of an open and accepting topic to talk about. So this isn't, you know, an episode that's like, we, no one ever talks about mental health because I am happy that it's starting to become a thing and a topic to talk about because it is really, really important. Um, I didn't research the, the numbers of like suicides per day, but it's pretty high. I think in 2017, it was like 117 or something like that daily. Um, And 22 of those were veterans. So I think it's extremely important to talk about mental health and how important our lives are and to just be on this earth and to create disciples and just love one another, really. Um, So, Joe, you want to maybe give a little backstory of your life growing up. I don't think we've ever sat down and really talked about your life. How much we've talked about it. Yeah. Um, uh, Growing up, childhood was pretty normal. Um, It was probably more into my junior high, teenage years. Yeah. um, Like, getting to that space of kind of finding my identity became a little more difficult. And that was when... The first time I had really experienced bullying 
mm. pretty harshly. Really? Years. Yeah. Um, I did too. And that was something that um, kind of sparked, I guess, my first experience of what I didn't know at the time, but later got to talk about in counseling and things mm-hmm. like that of like, oh, that was depression. Right. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I thought it was normal to wake up every day not feeling anything. <laughs> you know? Um, right. But it was hard uh, going from, you know, one friend group who I'd been with, you know, all through elementary school, through my childhood, you mm-hmm. know, those formative years, and then kind of having nobody for a while there. Um, and then... After that, it was like trying to find any friend group, mm. um, which eventually led to a lot of not good influences. Right. Um, and that's where I started, you know, abusing sleeping medication, like mm. a lot of sleeping pills and different things like that. And then um, smoking weed a lot mm-hmm. um, and then just progressively more and more in different things. Right. And that went on just that lifestyle till I was... 21 and that's when I actually like actually accepted Jesus and found who he was and was like this is not a way of living you know (laughs) right Um, like I can't I got to a point where every day I remember distinctly it felt like I was floating above the ground kind of looking down but I couldn't get my feet just on the ground and walk like where I wanted to walk wow Um, it was just out of my control um, yeah. If I was sober, then I was probably angry. <laughs> yeah. Just in a bad mood. That you know? that is very very true. Uh, a a lot of people I know that are you know we just did an episode on marijuana use and I kind of vaguely put in there that you know most of the people that I know that smoke daily. Um, when they're not smoking, they're just not themselves. Um, they're angry most of the time because it's like the only emotion that they know how to feel basically. And then sometimes when they're angry, it feels good. And, uh, that's, that's one thing that has really, um, opened my mind to just abuse of anything in general, you know, go ahead. Sorry. No, no worries. It's, it's so true. I think there's been you know, more and more studies, and then even me just living it out to be like, oh man, like, there's definitely a direct correlation between, you know, trauma and depression and anxiety and substance abuse. Yeah. That's where I kind of fell into for a long time. Now, was it mainly the sleeping pills and marijuana that you... Mostly. I would uh, dabble in (laughs) other things, but those were the everyday, all day, everyday kind of thing. So I don't think I've ever spoken to anybody that abused sleeping medication. Mm -hmm. What was it just so that you could just completely like zonk out at night, like and sleep for hours at a time? Pretty much. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So that you wouldn't struggle falling asleep. I got, yeah, I got to a point where my body was so used to taking in so much of it. If I didn't, then I just wouldn't sleep. Um, Wow. And that's a strange thing too of, being in that state where you're not really here during the day and then (laughs) wow and then you know when you're fighting depression a lot of the time it just depletes you so much and you just want to sleep yeah but then getting in that rut where it's like oh I can't sleep unless I take a fistful of 
such and such. Right. That's crazy. I've never really considered that before. Well, what's life like now for you? I mean, do you, I mean, clearly we all struggle with some type of depression and anxiety um, some days, some people more than most. Um, do you feel like it's 10 times better now that your life has changed with the Lord? And It's, it's so much different now. Yeah. Um, so much of walking through depression and anxiety and most mental illnesses will leave you with this feeling of, I'm alone in this. Yeah. Um, and then finding Jesus and having that relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said, there are definitely hard days uh, still mm-hmm. and definitely struggles with it, but the feeling of being alone in it is never there. Um, mm-hmm. And the feeling of not being loved and not being wanted by at least someone right. is never there. Um, right. Like so. if people aren't there for me, mm-hmm. I at least know that. My creator is there for me. And that's enough. Right. That is enough. And I think when we get to that point, like when it clicks in our brain that it, he is enough, mm-hmm. I think that changes our perspective on life like 100%. Yeah. It's nuts. All right. Here's a, uh, here's a tough question. We're going to get into the, into the deep stuff. Okay, let's go. <laughs> Have you ever had suicidal thoughts? I still have suicidal thoughts. Wow. Um, which is not in any way said to, you know, glorify that or like make Mm. that the norm. Um, Mm -hmm. but it just is, um, especially, you know, these past, I think couple of years and especially, I think a lot of people deep down can maybe even relate that, uh, never even experienced, uh, loneliness or depression or anything like that once COVID hit it was like oh yeah a lot of people were like I feel so alone right (laughs) right uh, so even from that in life just looking different sometimes it just gets overwhelming and it's like right I want out um but no I I started dealing with suicidal thoughts probably when I was about 14 um Mm. and then that became such a norm in that season, mm-hmm. um, that now, anytime I just get overwhelmed, um, or get in those low spots, that's almost like my body and my brain's first escape route. Your go-to. Uh, yeah. Uh, just cause it was that norm for so long. Now I get overwhelmed and it's like, okay, we got to think of a game plan. We got to get out of this. You know? Yeah. So has your direction maybe been like just over the years, has it changed to trying to your first reaction being like, let me talk to God about this or let me rest in him versus like automatically going to a suicidal thought or is it kind of just imprinted in your brain? Like, do you feel like there's a light at the end of, at the end of this? I think he meets me there first. Oh, that's Um, good, Joe. But every time, because it hits a lot, um, the last several times has been like if I'm driving late mm-hmm. at night um, and it's just been like a very overwhelming day or I'm in that spot and it's easy because it's late and I'm in my car and there's like nobody around on the street. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, it would be so easy to just plow into something and be done. Yeah. And in those moments, obviously that's 
such an irrational, like, mm. in the heat of the moment kind of thing. And so uh, I don't think in those moments I've even been the one to seek God in that. He is like, okay, time to roll up the sleeves on my white cloak that obviously Jesus has. and <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> and get to work. Because um, those are some of the moments where it's really, really hit that his level of love is something that like, I could do nothing to earn. Uh, mm. like, there's no reason for him to swoop in that close and mm. tell me over and over again that he loves me like that and that, you know, I'm important to him and that it will be okay. Yeah. Um, Cause I'm not even seeking him in that moment and asking for it. Right. He's freaking out and he's yeah. just stepping in and doing that. Mm. Those are some of the closest experiences I think I've had. Wow. That's amazing. I watched a TikTok. I'll admit it's a TikTok. Uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe six months ago. That really opened my eyes to um, mental health in a different way. It was a girl that was talking about something that a lot of people don't talk about, which is like secondhand suicidal thoughts, meaning... I'm not going to walk out and blatantly want to try and kill myself, but if someone ran me over, it'd be okay. Right. Um, and that really opened my eyes because I was like, I know so many people close to me that have been hurt like that where if, you know, it just so happened that they got hit in a car wreck that morning and died that they would be completely fine with that. And it's hard at, it, it's hard to describe because it's almost like they want to take their life, but it, that guilt of leaving the earth or leaving people or upsetting someone yeah. by leaving um, is so painful that it's like they're just in this, this crossroad of like, okay, I want to die, but I don't, I don't want it to be by my hands. Yeah. Um, and... I actually watched a sermon last night on YouTube because I really wanted to refresh my mind over this. And I found this YouTube video uh, from LifeGate Church. And the it was from 2017. The pastor, I'm going to totally butcher his name, but it's like Les Bocamp. Am I saying that right? Have you ever heard of him? Okay. Um, his And the sermon title is, Why Doesn't God Cure Mental Illness? It was an incredible sermon. Like, I'm so glad I sat and listened to it while I was editing. (laughs) Uh, And it cleared up a lot of thoughts for me. Uh, If you've listened to the podcast before, uh, if you've listened to the Atheist episode, uh, Cody actually asked me, you know, quite a quite a list of questions of like how, what I thought about mental health and, um, things like schizophrenia and, and things like that. And, um, you know, I've always typically leaned towards the spiritual side of things and I wish I would have been, I wish I would have done my research a bit more and really prayed on that specific subject before, which I didn't know he was going to ask me that, but you know, I wish I would have been a little bit more clear minded on that question because I did lean in more towards the spiritual side of things of, you know, 
all of our mental illnesses are demonic or um, something evil. And a part of me, you know, I don't want to give that much credit to demons, but I think a lot of it has to do with demonic things. And, um, you know, the devil doesn't want us to live. The devil doesn't want us on this earth to uh, flourish and and bring people to God's kingdom. And he will do anything he can to to do that. And I think that Les, the, the, the pastor that did this sermon, just really cleared up some thoughts for me of, so if you haven't listened to that, watch that video, please watch it. It's amazing. It really, really cleared up a lot of things. He talked about, um, antidepressants and, um, just the church in general of how we've kind of, um, treated mental illness, how, uh, you know, the older generation, maybe not older, maybe current generation has, is really bad about, well, you know, if, if you're struggling with mental illness, like, maybe you haven't cleared up all your sins. Maybe, maybe, you know, like maybe it's something that you're not doing right. Um, uh, you haven't rebuked that demon out of you. You haven't done enough to do so. All the classic church lines. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I know that behind their intentions are, you know, aren't impure, but it's just not, um, effective and they're, they're not treating it in a way that they should because, I'm sure that that person sitting there with depression and anxiety has tried absolutely everything. They don't want to be in that place. And he said, you know, if you get to a point where your depression is manic and you are just trying absolutely everything you can to get out of it, there is absolutely nothing wrong with taking an antidepressant. And that's, one of the questions in my list that I gave you uh, to talk about antidepressants, how do you feel about medicine? I think, I think God has gifted researchers Mm. and doctors and therapists and um, anybody in this world who has gone lengths to make these medicines available. Yeah. Um, You know, if I, if I have a cold, I'm probably going to take Dayquil right, for it. Right. Or if I have a headache, I'm right. probably going to take Tylenol. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that I don't trust God in right. those moments. Right. But it's something that um, I think God has placed people and has placed the knowledge in those people for certain reasons to make things and create those things that can help. Um, right. Just like... You know, he's placed us here to have a conversation to hopefully help somebody who Mm. feels alone in this. Mm. He's also placed a doctor in somebody else's life to maybe write them a prescription for something that will help them not feel alone in this. Right. And like if if someone's hip is out of whack, they're probably going to go have hip replacement surgery. And that was one thing the pastor mentioned was that Jesus is, of course, our ultimate healer and nothing nothing healing wise doesn't go through him first. Like he's blessing this surgeon Mm -hmm. and this surgery. Cause if, if your healing wasn't a surgery, he's not going to provide the surgery for you. Uh, that was, that was a eye opener for me. Um, I wouldn't say that I was like super close minded about it, but because mental health has always been super important to me. Um, I'm, I'm sometimes 
a little bit more on the lenient and relaxed side of mental health where like I want to comfort and and help people and there's also another side of people that are like well you just need to do these things and and right. you know like buckle down and and fix right like well they they just kind of get more um I don't want to say arrogant but like um uh, sergeant like like well if you're if you're going to be depressed like you need to just do this and do that and it's so crazy because those are probably things that when they were going through hard times, maybe their parents or grandparents. Yes. Yes. That was from their childhood. Yeah, I agree. Um, so a part of me, um, I'm, I'm a a bit of a coddler, (laughs) but I also never really gave too much credit to the science side of things and medical side of things versus the spiritual. Um, and that's, One thing I really wanted to talk about today, too, was this is one of the questions that I sent you. But what are your thoughts on mental health being a completely spiritual war, demonic versus Jesus trying to take over your thoughts versus depression also being a chemical imbalance in your brain? Can there be a middle ground? I think there definitely can be. I think the line between secular and sacred is probably not as black and white. Right. Most of us make it out to be. Mm. Um, I think anything in the world that we go through or that we own, um, anything that affects our soul mm. and the direction of our life and what we believe in is probably more sacred than uh, we can sometimes give credit to. Um, yeah. But at the same time, you know, um, there are just chemical imbalances mm. in your brain. And uh, that might not necessarily be something from the enemy, but the enemy will definitely use that. Right. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> he will so, use basically anything yeah. he can. Yeah. So I think it is a middle ground. That's true. Not necessarily everything is coming from, you know, Satan and his demons and right. all that, <laughs> but anything that can drag you down away from a fulfilling, abundant life that Jesus wants to give you, I mean, he is going to use Right. So I think it is kind of that combination of both. Right, right. That's good. I've never really thought of it like that. I'm just going to read off a couple things that I got from the, the video last night that I thought it would be good to just kind of talk about too. He said something along the lines of, you know, when we're struggling with something, we don't make it any better because we add an ounce of guilt. Like, we'll be going through something, and then we're like, oh, why am I feeling bad about this? Instead of, oh, I'm normal, and I'm human, and this is just my genetic makeup, and this is just how life is. Um, Which he brought up false guilt. Feeling guilty may not be a sin, but a struggle. You confess it, and it doesn't go away. Uh, That's one of the things I really loved about his video, because he talks about, well, if you, if I'm confessing my sins and I'm asking God for help, like, why is it not going away? And Jesus said that in this world, you will have problems. We are not immune to problems, but Jesus overcame the world. And if we trust him, we will live an overcoming life and no diagnosis will define you. Jesus came for sick, hurting, broken people. 
you know, if we look at the world today, especially after 2020, like we have so much more people um, openly talking about their depression and their anxiety. I think it is more open now than it's ever been. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like what we were talking about earlier, even something like COVID, I think just exposed um, or even started a lot of that feeling of isolation and even mm. like anxiety over what does the world and my life look like now mm. that people never in a million years would have thought they were having to deal with. Right. Um, and I think we're seeing even, you know, more and more churches, ours included, that have been kind of more intentional on mm. uh, speaking to people's mental illnesses. Yeah. Um, because it is coming out more and more and it's not a thing that is so shameful to bottle up as maybe, you know, mm. one, two, three generations ago. Um, mm-hmm. but <laughs> Definitely two or three generations right. ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think we forget, you know, because we've been living kind of in this post-COVID world for, you know, a year and a half or so mm-hmm. now. And it's easy to forget, like, this changed everything for me yeah this is not a normal life um that that's cool that you said that because sometimes I almost forget what life was like before and it's crazy because whenever the first lockdown happened I Carly was two weeks old Mm -hmm. and it was almost in my head like I remember at the hospital about to have her and Jesse was reading the news and talking about Uh, I think it was Italy that had gotten hit pretty bad by COVID. And um, I was like, oh, well, it, it won't come to us, you know, like, oh, that's, yeah, like, this is just, that's just nonsense, you know, like, that's just not going to happen. And then when it did, it was like, is this really happening? Like, this is only stuff you see in the movies. Like, how, how did this actually happen in reality? Mm -hmm. And... It, I think it really challenged people to actually look at the reality of their life, mm-hmm. maybe possibly uh, where they're going after they die, mm-hmm. um, because a lot of people were, were dying, and they were like, this could be me. Mm-hmm. Or they had to isolate themselves, um, or work things changed and they had to work from home. And so they weren't around a lot of people and, uh, things just really, really changed. And I think that that affects the soul more than people like to talk about because we aren't meant to be isolated. We aren't meant to be alone. We are meant to be with people and God didn't design us to be by ourselves. And I think that the pandemic really, really isolated so many people. And they were like, oh, this is who I am by myself without anybody. I'm really not that great of a person. (laughs) Or, you know, like, they are great of a person, but in their mind they're thinking, I'm really not that great. So It's been such a, like, genuinely traumatic time for so many people who have lost loved ones and Mm. who have had to see you know, friends and family sick and hurting and who have had to try to care for others um, who have been walking through that. And it can be easy to glimpse over, like, a lot of people have experienced true trauma. Yes. Because of, uh, 
you know, it's not a natural thing to have healthy loved ones who you thought were going to be there with yeah. you for a long time, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden they get sick and they're gone. Um, yeah. And so... You think it'll never happen to you until it does. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, and that's another thing that I'm very glad that, you know, these conversations can be more open. Yeah. Um, even the things that, you know, I've walked through and so many other people have walked through maybe in teenage years or childhood that they don't recognize that was very traumatic for me. Yeah. <laughs> Until years later. Um, yes, that is very, very true. Like, as an adult, as a 30-year-old woman, I can tell you right now that there are things that I am realizing that happened in my childhood or just growing up in my life that have made me who I am and why I react the way I do. And, um, you know, I didn't have a horrible, horrible upbringing. I I wasn't abused. I wasn't, you know, um, I never had any super traumatic experiences, but what I did go through is still trauma Mm -hmm. and I never looked at it that way. I always thought that my problems were less than because I didn't go through maybe something that a friend at school did. And I was like, wow, like I'm so, I'm so fortunate that that has never happened to me, which I am very fortunate, but that doesn't deplete or make my trauma less. And I think growing up, that was just the biggest thing was that you, your problems are nothing if it's not horrible. (laughs) And now I'm an adult and I'm like, wow, like I really did go through some things and that needed to be assessed. And now I'm realizing those things. And, um, I think that if we don't acknowledge that, um, if we just keep dusting it under the rug, nothing is ever going to get better mentally. Um, people, people need to be seen. Yes. They're difficult places. And it's so funny because, uh, we were talking earlier about kind of the, stereotypical religious answers yeah Um, (laughs) oh did you did you pull some up it's so funny because (laughs) one that you were quoting kind of comes from one of my like comfort scriptures that i wrote down oh good uh from james five uh i have definitely have this memorized my phone's not in front of me with the scriptures i wrote down something from james five too so i hope it's not the same one Uh, it's therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed the prayer Mm -hmm. of a righteous person is very powerful in its effect um, but if I had to write the Joe Suggs version of this, it would say, Hey, talk to somebody yeah. <laughs> because talking to people and actually bringing up those traumatic experiences, because what trauma does is it takes an experience that we can't explain why it happened mm. and it takes away all language of that. And mm. so, uh, it's hard to even have memories of it, have Mm. conversations of it, because it is literally stripped away, like, your language of even processing that. Yeah. This is saying, hey, it's hard to let others in those deep, dark places, but there is healing that comes from talking to people. Um, Yes. I remember reading this verse at first and being like, do I have to go to a confessional? Like, what does it mean (laughs) to, like, confess my sins and be healed? But I think simply it's you know, talk to somebody, don't be afraid to bring, um, you know, quote unquote sins or just dark struggles or things that you've walked through to light because actually putting language to something that before was 
not even communicable. Such a big part of the healing process, yeah. for sure. I actually, I wrote that same scripture down. Yeah, you stole my scripture, so Meanie. Um, and the reason that I wrote it down was because, just going back to this video that I watched last night, he basically said the same thing you said, is that Jesus wants us to share our burdens. Um, we are... Like me sitting here right now, I am meant to help carry your burden. And you are meant to help carry my burden. We're not meant to carry it alone. And he wants people to help you. Um, that is why we are not meant to be alone. Because we're supposed to go tell a friend. Um, and that is why it's so important to have people and fellowship in your life. Um, that's why I think church is so important. Um, because... We do have groups in our church that are specifically for you. And you can trust these people. I know that maybe people have had past experiences in church where they could not trust someone. And that's honestly just life. You know, we can't reflect Jesus's trust and love off of Christians sometimes. Sometimes we fail. And... I mean, even just like in my marijuana episode, I talked about how all I did was share with one of my friends that I was still smoking and it, um, I didn't know if it was a conviction or not. Like I was really, really struggling with that concept and just me telling her that and she really didn't even give me tons of feedback. Like, you know, like I hate you, you shouldn't smoke anymore. It was like, she's like, I don't really have all the answers, but like. You know, I don't think that it was put here to numb our minds, basically. And I was like, oh, okay. And it it um, it um, didn't anger me, but it did make me uncomfortable to hear that uh, because I didn't want to stop. Yeah. And so when I did start truly praying about it and just trying to quit, I, he just kind of took that desire away from me. And that was the first step was telling a friend... Right. Of relieving that burden. But you're so afraid that people are going to judge you and hate you. And I just think that's crazy that, you know, and I'm, I love when people tell me <laughs> their burdens, yeah. you know, like, of course it makes, you know, sometimes it's, it's hard to carry. Um, especially if you're going through hard things in your life and you hear about someone else's, um, hurt, hurt, but it doesn't burden me like quote unquote burden me. It doesn't make me feel like, oh my gosh, I'm so mad that they told me that. Um, but I think that it is so beneficial for us to just share our burdens with people. Yeah. I, uh, I used to go to counseling for a while and yeah, I, I love tell, counseling. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I used to tell my counselor cause he's also a good friend of mine mm-hmm. um, that I just, I didn't want to be like an extra burden in his life. And one thing that he always told me that just rocked my world was, you are not a burden in my life, but even if you were, you would be worth being a burden over. Oh. just something that... And I'm sure that's something that he has probably had to tell multiple clients because that is something that someone very close to me struggles with Mm -hmm. is burdening people um, that they are the problem. And they are not worth getting help. 
um, that someone else is worth the time more than they are. And it's like, when you get to that point, it's like, you do need counseling. Like, I don't even care if you are a burden to them. Like, you need to let all of that out. Um, And I'm glad you brought up counseling because I'm super, super um, a big fan of counseling. And one thing that struck me in that video last night was, you know, he really wanted to get to the point of, Jesus is our healer and we, we, we can always seek him for healing. Um, but sometimes it takes swallowing a pill in the morning to, to receive that healing. And he did mention that in instances where we do get to, um, a bad place, our first run, our first run should be towards our ultimate counselor, which is Jesus and the Holy Spirit, and then take those steps of people mm-hmm. um, and, and professional counseling, which was I felt was a really, really good, really, really good advice um, because as as important as doctors and counselors and medication and all those things are, our ultimate healer is Jesus. Mm-hmm. I think that it's really good to put that first always and. If those steps don't bring you to full ultimate peace, which we're not always going to be at peace every single day, we're always going to struggle, um, that then you begin to let God guide you into those things of medication and counseling and things like that. But my story is actually a little different where I started going to counseling before reaching to Jesus and then counseling led me to reach to Jesus more. Yeah, so... I agree with what he said, but it can also always be different. Yeah. Um, There's so many different avenues r- right, that which, use to bring you to him. Yeah, like which I was a, a Christian, but I wasn't living for the Lord like I should, and I just thought counseling was going to fix me. And when I went to counseling, it just opened up a lot of wounds that I had to reflect on, and I it 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 made me desire a relationship with God because I was like wow, he really designed our brains this way. And like, you know, it just kind of made me really think, um, which I'm already an overthinker. So thanks counseling. Um, <laughs> counseling can be really hard, really, it's really a, hard. It's, um, it's almost like a surgery, you know, you, it is. you definitely have to cut open some things to get wow. down into the problem. Yeah. And, uh, it's like surgery. And then you have, um, after surgery, you have to rest yeah. and you have to go to uh, physical therapy yeah. and all the, you have it, to keep doing those things. It definitely. It takes time and care. Yeah. And, um, mm-hmm. It can, it can be hard to stick with because it does resurface so many. It does. Hurts. It does. Um, and it is definitely kind of an intimidating process um, at first because you're like, I don't want these hurts to come back up. <laughs> I thought they were buried way yeah. deep down. I thought you healed those, Jesus. Yeah. Um, but after, I think in my case, and probably yours too, after sticking with it for a while, yeah. there were so many problems that just felt lighter. Um, and I think that even comes from, you know, they may be a professional, but you're still sharing your burdens with them. Mm. And so it just doesn't feel so heavy on your shoulders. 
Do you think the depression and suicidal rate is higher right now, especially in young people? Why do you think that is? There, there are more studies coming out that are showing um, depression and suicidal thoughts and even the suicide rate going up in um, you know, younger millennials and even Gen Z, which is heartbreaking. Mm, right. Um, one thing that I've noticed anybody... I've ever been friends with or talked to or listened to that struggled with depression or especially suicidal thoughts. Um, it's so sad because they don't actually want to die. They Mm-mm. just want things to be so much different and it doesn't feel like they can get there. Yeah. Um, and I think the short answer usually for why, you know, depression and anxiety is going up for younger people is typically social media, mm-hmm. which I do think plays a big part of it. Yeah. Um, but I also think we've talked a lot about Gen Z, you know, being mm-hmm. youth leaders. Um, that Gen Z is very, like, purpose-driven and very, yeah. like, identity-driven. Yes. And I think... <laughs> That's so true. And I think there's almost a sense of they're fighting for so much and seeing so little change that there can be, like, a sense of hopelessness in that. Right. And they're not getting that instant gratification. Mm -hmm. And younger people, and even I struggle with this sometimes, it's like your purpose and the thing that you're fighting for and, uh, you know, the protests you're going to or uh, even like your sexual preference or things like that. So much of it is so tightly woven into their identity now. Yes. And so at the end of the day, it's like, okay, without the protests, Without the social media, without your sexual identity, who are you? Yeah. And I think it's becoming more evident that it's like, I'm nothing without these things. It's <laughs> and, true. And so that's, I think that's a big reason why it's so important um, for us to even lead them, you know, in love and in truth. And, you know, to, like we said, the ultimate healer mm-hmm. um, who is Jesus and who has an identity specifically for us where he's like none of these things that you're doing or attaching yourself to necessarily matters because I've already called you this yeah and so I think it's just a generation stuck in okay if the change isn't happening and you know if nobody sees what I'm doing on social media or sees you know how I'm expressing myself like what what am I who am I I, why am I here I and I have struggled with that as well and I think that is somewhat of a generational thing. I think, of course, social media is such a big influence on that because we grew up in a in an idea of if uh, I'm worthy through likes and comments, and if we don't get those, it's like, oh, <laughs> what am I? And I've I've spoke on this before. Spoke is it spoken or spoken? I've spoken. Spake. I've spake. I've spaked on this before. (laughs) It sounds like spank. (laughs) Um, I talked on this before about, um, like, being a photographer for so many years that that was almost like my identity and my foundation. And if anything ruffled those photography feathers, it was like I was. I was not me. I was, yeah, I was arrogant. I was 
upset, angry, bitter, jealous, all kinds of things. And it wasn't until I found my foundation in Christ that I was like, oh, like I am a child of God. And like, that's my identity. My identity is through Christ. And now I can grab onto that foundation whenever I'm going through struggles. I don't go to my foundation in photography of, oh, well, I'm a photographer and this is this and that is that. And that is such a, one of my biggest, biggest conversation with non-believers is the foundation. Like if you don't have a foundation, then what, what is your foundation? If your foundation isn't God, what is it? And I think that we, as a generation, we just lean on to all of these things, these worldly things that are not of God. And we just, we find our, our, our grounding in it and we shouldn't. And, um, it, it, I think eventually it just clicks. Hopefully, hopefully it clicks for people. I would also say, um, you know, it's very obvious in this podcast that we are believers. Right. But if you're a non-believer yes. or you happen to have just stumbled upon this podcast. Um, Which is cool. Yeah. The fact that you deserve to be loved and seen and yeah. you deserve to have people to talk to about those dark places. Like that's not separate from you. You yeah. are also involved in that. Um, that's good, Joe. If you have no idea who Jesus is, or if you've experienced church hurt and you don't want to know who Jesus is, yeah, you are still a person <laughs> right? with deep feelings and um, you just deserve to be loved on and you deserve the same hope that we hold on to. Yeah. And you're not always going to get a car salesman pitch from a Christian that struggles with uh, depression and anxiety as a non-believer I think that that's probably one of the biggest reasons that non-believers won't reach out to like a Christian friend that is struggling with depression too, because they're like, oh, well, they're going to pitch me about Jesus and I don't really want to deal with that right now. Like sometimes it's like nice to just have somebody to sit and cry with. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not even say anything. Yeah. And And there are people out out there like that, that are willing to listen and not shove anything, absolutely nothing down your throat. They just want to listen to you yeah. and, um, and share their story too of, of their depression and struggle. So I'm glad you, I'm glad you pointed that out. Um, because we are not, we are not separate when it comes to, uh, mental health and, um, we all struggle. Every single one of us have some type of struggle, Joe, can you explain a distinct time in your life where God showed himself to you, like saved you from hurting yourself? I know you kind of went over that earlier, but do you have like one distinct moment? Um, a few months ago, I was having uh, a lot of anxiety, like every day. Um, mm-hmm. And this is probably... You know, I've walked through depression a lot before in seasons in and out. This was kind of the first season I had dealt with anxiety so heavily. Right. Um, and I was actually, like, feeling, like, violently sick to my stomach every day, um, shaking, like, not sleeping. Just, I was like, what's happening? I think I might be dying, kind of thing, <laughs> um, for weeks on end. Um, 
that was something that I think because it was so new, mm-hmm. I've always been, you know, anxious and nervous and awkward and weird, but <laughs> <laughs> to that extent where I'm like, I'm physically ill from this, like mm. I'm barely making it. Um, yeah. I think there were times where I just had alone time with him where it was so important to be honest with him. Mm. Um, like it's so funny cause you know, driving over here this morning, you know, I had my prayer music going and just like thanking God for how good he is and stuff like that. Months ago when I was walking through this, I was screaming at him that I hated him. Yeah. <laughs> like literally like throwing temper tantrums. Like I hate you. Yes. Um, Seasons. Yeah. And I think it may have not been, you know, one just enormous 180 moment, but the fact that almost every day I was just like, why is this happening? Like, why are you doing this to me? Like, why yeah. are you not good? Like, I can't trust you. I don't mm. like you. Like, leave me alone kind of thing. Yeah. And he just kept showing up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he, um, he just kept being him. You know, like the Bible says, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Mm. And so even the times before that season where it felt like he is so good and so loving and so once every part of me it didn't feel like that from my perspective in that mm. but he didn't change in that yeah um, and so while I was screaming at him and cussing at him and doing just everything venting what was coming up he was just there like listening and loving mm. on me yeah and I think that was the only thing that really like pulled me out of waking up feeling sick every day and yeah. know, getting through that so yeah So if you want me to take this out later, I will. I don't know if you remember, but I think it it might have been a few months ago when you were really struggling. And I just kind of came up to you at church and was like, how you doing? And you're like, uh, not so well. Yeah. And, you know, I I probably dug a little bit. (laughs) Not me. I think I needed someone to dig a little bit. Okay, good. (laughs) I am a digger. Uh, And you were like, uh, yeah, I pretty much... You know, the other night just tried to take too many pills and, and just, I just didn't want to be here anymore. And that honestly, um, it really opened my eyes to the struggle and life of a normal Christian because you had been up on stage doing sermons and I was like, oh, like, but he's a... But he's a godly man that yeah. preaches sermons and he just wanted to die. Yeah. Like, and not that I had never considered that, but I think sometimes when it really truly happens to a friend, it's like, oh, that is real. The, that, you know, we, we all struggle with the same things, not just non-believers mm-hmm. or Christians that aren't walking in their faith or anything of that sort. Um, and I immediately just wanted to comfort you. And I think if it would have been a year maybe, or a couple years ago, I probably would have been like, why would you want to do that? You know, like, 
what on earth would want to make you kill yourself, Joe? You're amazing. Like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh. Like, why would, <laughs> like, you're up here preaching sermons about, like, I probably would have gotten a little arrogant, prideful. Um, that would have came out. And my instant thought was, you know, and this is something that I try to um, pray for every day is for God to, or to just give me Jesus's eyes. Like, mm-hmm. I want to have his heart. I want to look at you like Jesus would. And in that instant, it was like, comfort him. Tell him how amazing he is and how you would be devastated if he wasn't here. And I think that those are approaches that Jesus really wants us to feel, fulfill in this life, on this earth. Earth, earth is hard. Is. This world is so hard. We it's have a, so many things just like attacking us all the time. It's a reality show that never ends. <laughs> it really is. And you don't even get to watch it yourself like from a, you know, another perspective. But yeah, that's so true. It really is. It's an awful reality TV show. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that in general, if if you as a listener have never really struggled with depression or anxiety um, of this sort, I think it's best to really look in your heart and think it really try to relate to people and have empathy and compassion. That is something that I think a lot, a lot of people are losing right now is compassion. Um, especially in the medical field, nurses and doctors, they're just tired and they're overworked and they're, they're just going through a lot right now and they start to lose compassion for, for the hurt and the sick. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is why it is so important and why I think I'm being led to say this is that we have to find our compassion again for others that are struggling. Um, Sometimes it's hard because your bitterness wants to be like, well, I pulled myself up and you know, if they can't do it, you know, like, Get over it, basically. Right. And that's not the answer. Yeah. What was it? There was some kind of meme or something that I saw recently um, that was like, I can't remember what story it was, um, but an angel came to comfort someone in the Bible and not to condemn. Mm-hmm. Like someone, I can't remember, it was something in the Bible. <laughs> Some guy in the Bible. That's me in the, trying to explain anything. Yeah, <laughs> this is really me all the time. I promise it's in there. Yeah, like I've read it. I just that's not the way my brain works. I'm not good at memorizing things. Um, there's a guy in the Bible that was just really hurting, mm-hmm. and God sent an angel to comfort him, mm-hmm. not to condemn him. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is something that our human nature just needs to relearn again. Mm-hmm. Is is to just be compassionate with people because that's the only way that we're ever going to heal our world because if you go up to someone and you're just like, Hey, you know, get over it. Like I'm sure Joe speaking from your experience, it probably is not helpful. You're like, thanks. I never thought about that. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Thank you for that. Awesome advice. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag healed. What does scripture tell us about depression and how can we get out of it? Um, I typed out a few of my favorite kind of comfort verses. I say typed out, I mean, I memorized them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll leave that in. One is uh, Psalm seventy three twenty four. 24. Uh, mm-hmm. It says, you guide me with your counsel, and afterward you take me up in glory. Um, 
Mm. That's just like the imagery of God actually guiding us Mm -hmm. with his counsel, like an actual counselor. Yes. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Like he doesn't shy away from wanting to lead us in those dark places. Mm. He's certainly not ashamed of us in the least bit. Um, Like he poured out all his wrath and all his shame onto Jesus on the cross. Like there's literally none left Mm. to pour out on us. Mm -hmm. Um, And so just thinking of God like guiding us in those moments and it says afterward, you'll take me up in glory. It's like, okay, there's a light at the end of this. (laughs) You're going to guide me through this and you're going to counsel me in this. And then afterward, there is a hope to look forward to and a light at it. Um, one of my favorites, Psalm 34, 18, it says the Lord is near the brokenhearted and he mm-hmm. saves those crushed in spirit. And that's one of my favorite cause it kind of eliminates the church facade. <laughs> like yeah. everything has to be okay. You have to have it all together. You have to be right. walking your spiritual Christian walk, um, in, in strength and in confidence and yeah. it says the Lord is actually very near to the brokenhearted. Um, like if someone's hurting and walking through that dark season, um, it does not, it does not infer that he has left them. Yeah. That they did something so bad that he's not in that with them. He's actually closer to them than we could ever imagine. Yeah. Um, that brings me, that just brought a thought to my head that you know, whenever we have our seasons of brokenness and just hurt, um, I, I've i never not felt him there. And I think that that is what really strengthens our faith is our, is our dark moments. Because now, and I'm not saying I'm, I'm perfect at this because I'm absolutely not, but now, even when I'm going through good seasons... It's not that I'm anticipating dark seasons again, but I know that dark seasons are going to eventually come, yeah. but I'm going to be equipped for them. Right. And instead of being extremely fearful and full of anxiety for those dark moments, because sometimes people have gone through so many dark moments that when they're in the good seasons, they're like, oh, this is just good too, too good to be true. Like, right. you know, I'm like that. Yeah. I'm like, oh, well, everything's going good right now. So something bad's about to happen because that's our, that's our childhood trauma just coming back to yeah. play with us. And of course we're going to struggle there is no one on this earth that will tell you that they have never struggled. And I think the whole goal in our lives should be to strengthen that, um, strengthen your faith of, okay, I'm in a good season right now, but when a, a bad season comes up, I know that I'm going to be able to face it because I have a healer and a protector and a friend that, will pull me through this. And I ultimately, I mean, I think that's just how we are supposed to live our life on this earth. You know, it's just, it's not going to be easy. And one day when we do pass and we get to be in heaven and with Jesus, I think it definitely won't be as bad. (laughs) One thing um, a lot of people did in the old Testament is they would, make physical altars as reminders of God's faithfulness. Um, and so 
when they were going through seasons of oppression or war or anything mm. like that, they had the physical altars to remind them, okay, this is the God who was good to me then, and I can look back on yeah. those seasons um, yeah. and remember he was good then, and I can remember he's good now. Mm. Um, there's, there's one thing that, you know, it's not super scriptural, but it was just on my heart a lot coming into this, yeah. um, which I guess I can tie it. Yeah, no, please. Um, my favorite is probably Matthew eleven twenty eight, and our pastor, you know, yeah. says it all the time. <laughs> uh, just says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And that's my favorite because it's this invitation to come to Jesus. And he's saying, I'm not expecting you to come to me perfect right. and having it all together. I'm actually expecting you to be weary and burdened and need rest. And... One thing I've been thinking a lot about this week, as we've just been kind of right prepping for this, is mm-hmm. I. It seems like such a simple blanket statement, but I genuinely think that everything that anybody does is motivated by the need to be loved and the need to be seen and valued, mm-hmm. um, whether that is people that um, drink and have problems with alcohol, Um, people who pick up drugs, and um, even on the other end of the spectrum, people who try to work hard and make people proud of them. Oh, you mean me? (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Um, Joe, for calling me out. (laughs) And it can be hard to see that sometimes when we're walking in our own weariness and our own burden and we're tired too. But I genuinely think, you know... People aren't becoming alcoholics or drug addicts or violent people because they're necessarily just bad people. Uh, absolutely, yeah. There's something deep inside them that the reason they're doing that is because they're trying to call out to be loved and to be seen, yep. and they need somebody to value be there for them. them. Yeah, um, you know, in school and especially uh, in youth ministry and kids ministry, we're always kind of taught the. Uh, the kid that is kind of the problem child and that makes a scene and stands yeah. out is probably just struggling at home. Attention yeah. Someone to see them. And then it's hard to take that same lesson and apply it to somebody who's sleeping on the street. Right. Um, or even the student at youth that is maybe looks like they have it all together. Perfect. Yes. Um, genuinely though, like every single person and I think God designed us this way. Mm-hmm. Um, we need that love and that support and that value. It's and almost like a homesickness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's why that's like my favorite kind of comfort verse. He's saying, I know what you need because I designed what you need. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to look for it in these things. You can come to me. Yeah. That is why we all have this longing for something. Mm-hmm. It's like something is missing. I don't know any person that in my eyes would be someone that I really, really look up to that I feel like is perfect, which who's not perfect, but I feel like is perfect would tell me that also agree that they want to be feel longed and loved. And they, they just want that belonging feeling. What has been the hardest part of being a Christian and also struggling with depression? And I mean that in like an outward view, like how people would perceive you because you're a Christian. 
even before I was a Christian, I was always the person who wanted to be like the good kid or the good person. Mm. Um, and so much so that I think that even led me into the bad coping mechanisms and bad seasons. Mm. Um, Cause it's like, I'm not as good as I wish I was. I'm going to cope in this way. And then when I'm doing that, I'm especially not as good. Yes. <laughs> I just keep spiraling. And so, um, I think I've carried a lot of that even into being a Christian. I'm mm. just wanting to be good. Um, even maybe wanting to make God proud. Um, and it can be hard, especially for outsiders looking in because in my mind, I want to be that good Christian, that good loving person. And I'm trying to carry so much that even on the outside looking in, it might be more obvious to somebody else than it even is to me that I'm carrying more than I need to be carrying. Yeah. Um, and so that can be that brought a question to my mind. Do you naturally feel like your mental health, um, kind of gets better when you're pouring into other people or like when you're going out of your way and, and doing something that the Holy Spirit leads you to do for someone else? I think so. I think it's one of those things where your circumstance and your situation might not be changing, mm. but taking the time to see other people and pour into them gives you the sense again of Okay, I'm not alone in this. <laughs> and you have your purpose. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and like you're you're living in your spiritual gifts mm -hmm. because we all have those gifts. Yeah. And I think when we're serving, it's like, oh, like this is what God put me here to do. Right. And I think that just kind of brings a fulfillment within us that's like, oh, well I am I am a part of something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, to wrap things up, what uh what would you say Joe, is your purpose in life? There is a scripture in Isaiah. Please don't ask me the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I definitely won't because I'm just like you when it comes to scripture. Uh, I think there's a six in there somewhere. <laughs> but it says, uh, as a mother comforts her child, uh, so you will be comforted. Mm. I think that is something that has struck very deep in my heart mm. um, because I'm not a big, I'm not like a challenger or like a corrector or yeah. anything like that. That's definitely not. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I love comforting people. Yeah. Um, and I think that's where God has kind of placed some purpose in my life, even mm. my dark seasons. Cause like I said, going through seasons of anxiety and depression, even in this last year or so, there's been so many times that it's like, what did I do wrong? Like, why am I going through this? Right. And then something like this conversation happens or a one-on-one, -on -one, you know, coffee with a friend where they can just change up. your whole, yeah. yeah. They open up and they're like, I've really been going through a season where I felt alone. Yeah. And then all of a sudden God's like, there you go. That's why you can speak to that deep part because you've walked through that deep part. Wow. Um, and so that's awesome. I think that's, the biggest thing, at least in this season, you know, it may, life is crazy, mm. uh, things may change, but honestly, I think my purpose right now is to be a comforter. Yeah. Um, 
and just you're a great comforter well thank you <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> I've, uh, no qualms about just like sitting with somebody and crying or hugging or not saying anything yeah things like that and so um, that take it that takes a a different type of strength as a man to be so vulnerable with someone and open to just cry with someone. Yeah. I know it, generationally that is really hard for guys mm-hmm. uh, because that's just portrayed as a sign of weakness. Yeah. Like I can't show emotions. And it's so funny. Cause like if you have car problems or anything like that, don't call me. I'm not your guy. <laughs> if you're ready to cry, if you're ready I'm to here. Cry, I'll bring the tissues. <laughs> I love that so much. Well, Joe, thank you for coming on. And I'm so thankful for Jesse and I are both so thankful for you as a leader in youth. You're just a great person. And I love your honesty and I love your um, vulnerability, how willing you are to share your hurt with people in order to help them and comfort them, just like you said as well. And I think that takes a really really big strength deep within us to do that some people are oversharers like me uh, <laughs> but most of the time it is a really really deep strength within us to be that vulnerable um, to show our hurt and ultimately I think I say this every episode almost that that is the only way that we can heal is to be open with each other and not everybody is the same not everybody is an extrovert like me and so willing to be open, but I think everyone um, desires to be, to share at least with one person. And um, you also wrote a book. Let's bring up the book. (laughs) I'm going to be honest. I haven't finished it, but yeah, but one day I will. I have not actually read it. So (laughs) (laughs) You can say that you haven't listened to all my podcasts. That'll that'll add up to it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what's it called? It's Tell called us. Play Again. Uh, Play Again, God's Love in Every Season. Yeah. Um, I wrote it. it you did write it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wrote it with the intent of kind of being like a children's book for adults. Um, oh, I love it that. It has a lot of playful stories from mm-hmm. my own life, but... It talks about a lot of the things that we just talked about. Yeah. Um, it kind of is hidden in there behind yeah. playful stories. Yeah. Um, and so hopefully it is a, a good comforting tool, something that you can read and um, laugh at my dumb stories, but also <laughs> something that speaks to the dark parts of maybe what you're going through. So. Yeah. How can people get your book? It's everywhere. Uh, Everywhere. It's on Amazon, Books a Million, Barnes and Noble, Walmart. It's called Play Again by Joe Suggs. Awesome. Uh, And then what's your, like, you're pretty vocal. um, I mean, you're you're pretty open with your faith on on Instagram and and you share a lot of cool videos. What's your usernames and all that? Uh, It is at Joseph Forrest Suggs. Two R's in Forrest, like Forrest Gump. <laughs> is Forrest your middle name? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. I mean, I probably should have, but, you know. That's cool. That's a really awesome name. That's you have it. a cool name. I know. I regret not being the kid who, like, used my middle name as my first name uh, up, Hey, it's never been, too late. I know. Never too late. Maybe one Thank day. you, Forrest. <laughs> <laughs> so, so good to have you on, Forrest. Well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Does it feel really cool? 
It, it does feel, I'm not going <laughs> to lie, it feels cool. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, Joe. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you would like more information on this podcast, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook under Picturing Purpose Podcast. Find us on Anchor as well as every major streaming service. If you are excited for this journey and want to see this podcast thrive, there are many ways you can help. The most simple thing you can do is by leaving a five-star review on your streaming service of choice. Reviews help podcasts so much. Another easy thing, anytime you see a post from the Picturing Purpose Podcast social media pages, please comment, like, and share. This generates a bigger audience and brings more listeners. You never know, one of your friends may need to hear an encouraging word. I need daily motivation myself. Last, but definitely not least, if you want to see this podcast fulfill its purpose, your donations are incredibly appreciated. Keeping the podcast up and running is an extra cost I have taken on and will continue to do as needed. I know that God will always provide because this podcast is His. Not only will donations go to the making of the podcast, but Picturing Purpose will be blessing a portion of its monthly earnings to people in need. Whatever God puts on my heart is where the money will go. There is no donation too small, and you can also set up reoccurring payments. Even $5 a month would be super helpful. If you are unable to donate, your prayers are powerful. Please pray for this podcast and that it continues to serve its purpose and spread the love of Christ. Our hope is that Picturing Purpose is an encouragement to anyone that needs it and that we create strong, confident, and motivated disciples. Thank you for your support.